This is CliffCentral.com. Well, hello, hello, hello. Of course, you know when you hear those Tibetan singing bowls, it is time for Beyond Ears and Eyes on Cliff Central. I'm Liesl Tom, our controller today, some Piwim Tetwa. And then, of course, in studio with me, my bestie, Shemaine. Hello, 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 hello. I'm doing my sexy voice today. It never gets time to come on. Otherwise, it's all so whoom out there. Well, as always, you know, I love being here. So thank you for joining us wherever you are. Um, you know, and yeah, Lee, good to see you again. I haven't seen you in a week. It has been a while, and it it feels like we're missing each other. So it's really lovely to see you, friend. We are missing each other. I mean, we miss ourselves sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) So, but let me stop my nonsense. In the studio today, you know, this is the funny thing. I just, you know, I started writing things down about our guest today, and I started writing them down in Afrikaans. (laughs) Oh, cool. (laughs) Because isn't it like it's the language we all share? Yeah. And then I thought, no, wait. The show's in English. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the same thing because when I met Belinda, I was speaking Afrikaans to her and I thought maybe at some point I uh, have to switch over because <laughs> just now we have this entire conversation in Afrikaans. And then, of course, our overseas listeners won't be able to understand us. Or they'll start learning a few words, <laughs> <laughs> a few Afrikaans words. But anyway, our guest today is Belinda Brasnell. Um, what, where can I start? You're a writer. You have yes. several books already. You write articles. Um, you're a channeler also of, of animals. You're very sensitive to the earth. Um, so, um, I mean, I, I can probably go on and on a little bit, but, um, I'd, I'd really like for you to, to, you know, to tell us a little more because you also work with angels. Yes. Where did it all start? I mean, is this the kind of thing that parents go, my child is strange and we need her, you know, (laughs) (laughs) we need some help for her, like either Ritalin or maybe, I don't know. Were you that kind of kid? Well, I was so shy that I didn't tell my parents that I was experiencing anything. So as a child, I used to experience things, but I just thought everybody did. So I didn't communicate it to anybody, but I didn't sleep with my lights off. I can tell you that and that drove my mom crazy because every night she would have to wait for me to sleep because I shared a room with my sister uh-huh. <laughs> and then older. they would turn off the lights. Yes. Sister, older or younger? Older. What, what was it within you? Uh, consciously, you didn't know. You say that we don't all see stuff. <laughs> but what was it within you that alerted you to the fact that you can't tell your parents? You know, I'm trying to remember, but I can't. I remember that I saw faces staring at me when it was dark. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I was always very introverted. Mm-hmm. And even now in my daily life, I go through my own processes within myself although I'm a very open and honest person and I tell it straight because I've got a Dutch dad Mm -hmm. but you know it's there's some things that are holy and private Mm -hmm. and I remember in primary school as well experiencing an energy in the back of the hall that I thought was Jesus or maybe an angel but I never told anybody because I just thought everybody saw it Mm. and this I'm, I'm I'm intrigued that you said an energy and, and not a figure. 
but you you're able to describe it. There's a description that goes with it. You know? Yeah, you know, it's difficult. Words are very dangerous because it's very difficult to express something. I also tell people I I call what I experience angels because you have to give it a word to mm. try and explain to other mm. people what it is. But I don't look at angels in an ordinary do lately kind of way. Mm. I look at angels as a very serious part of our existence, as guidance from spirit, and to help us and assist us on earth to explore yourself and your own potential. And they really want to guide us to live our full potential. They're much more than a little feather or parking spot. Mm. Yeah, and that is the one thing that people, you know, the, 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 the main thing people ask of angels is parking spots. Or then a sign, which is always some sort you know, of feather. Signs are perfect because I also I tune into all the signs I receive because sometimes you're so stressed or whatever and you need a physical sign mm -hmm. but I'm not gullible and the angels know that. Don't give me a feather. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so what they would do is they would give me feathers in ways that would make me laugh. That Okay, I get it, mm -hmm. you know, kind of thing. But I don't think that every little feather is an angel. And mm -hmm. I don't think people see angels in a serious enough way in order to help them really to explore themselves and their journey upon earth. Mm -hmm. If you just use angels as, you know, a parking spot or draw a card today or whatever, of course they are there to inspire you. But there's so much more to it. Mm -hmm. And people these days miss the holiness of it. Yeah. That there's really something to just honor as a part of the creator that is supporting us in this life. And if you take, make it simple like a feather or a parking spot, mm -hmm. it just becomes another belief system or comfort zone that you don't explore your own being or the reason why you actually chose to incarnate. Mm -hmm. So what is the role of angels in our lives then, if it's not for the parking spot or the, the inspiration? You know, I think a lot of people think that they need to connect to angels to make their lives easier. But this is earth. Mm. We didn't oh, really come for an easy up top. <laughs> <laughs> we all chose to mm -hmm. be here to come in and experience the good and the bad, the ups and the downs, the judgment, the non-judgment, the love, the hate. Mm -hmm. But angels are there to help you explore yourself and how you act and react in the world and to become more of your authentic self. In the end, we're not just all human. I mean, I look past color, but we're not just all human. We're all souls. Mm. And and we've all created our energy the way we we, we look. I mean, I don't I don't believe as I'm a female because it's, it was a choice. Yes. I'm black because it was what I chose for this yes. experience here. So once you start seeing that you actually had a part in this whole big thing, you you become a little more. How can I say? Uh, you you take ownership. you take response. Yes, yes, and responsible. I love yes. that word because we as humans, we don't want to take responsibility. Mm. We want to blame the government or your mom or your dad or, or your sister. Yes. Exactly, you know. exactly, and that's where all the fear 
and the judgment and anger comes from. Mm. And we all have the responsibility to first do it for yourself, to find peace within yourself, to find joy within yourself. Mm. If you have peace within yourself, you will treat others with peace and respect. Mm. If you have compassion for yourself, you will treat others with compassion. And, re- but, and, and that's, that in itself is a learning um, process. I mean, you don't just one day get there, you know, because first you have to really become conscious of, you yes. know, your thought patterns. And then you go like, and then once you've seen the thing, it doesn't go away. So emotional stuff come up and yes. you go like, oh, no, now there's like yes. a double whammy. So you choose what to do. And, and once, you know, you've decided you're going to deal with it, it kind of like opens a way to, to continue um, growth. But otherwise... It just, you know, it makes your life chaotic if you don't look at yes. it. But on, on, I, I like what you said about the angels, um, being here to assist us and not just being a parking spot, mm, mm, but, mm. um, to actually be here to, to assist us in our, on our, our journeys. Um, be, but, uh, and then you also said that they, you know, like they're here for the, for the, for, um, for the nitty gritty of our lives on earth. Um, but, I think for me, it's maybe, maybe that's how we as humans function. When you start with something, can, can you do something for me? Can you look at me? Can you mm-hmm. help me? You kind of go like, okay, okay. It's not, you know, so like, like a, a, an adult with a child. If the yes. adult is like, come here, come here. And you know, like that initial thing. And then the child starts relaxing. And I think that's how they approach us. But, but so subtly though, yes. um, unless once we start learning, I had an experience once. I'm talking now. I'm, 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 oh God, I'm hosting. (laughs) I had an experience once, but, um, um, amongst many. And I, um, I was at a moment a couple of years ago, um, where I had panic attacks. Um, and driving was incredibly difficult. Highway driving was impossible. So I wouldn't go anywhere, nowhere. You know, um, and the day that it really became a, a problem, I called my son from work and I said, please, can you, I need, <laughs> I need to go somewhere. Can you come and take me? Mm. And um, so then I had to go to Liesel's place and to, to Pretoria. And I remember going, but I can't, I can't go to Pretoria. And she's like, okay, if you can't, you know, just see how it goes. And I just said, you know, I was so frustrated that night. And I said, but I, I have no one. You know, and then I heard, no, but you're not alone. And I went like, oh. I'm getting goosebumps. Look at that. Isn't it? But I just like, I, 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 literally I went like, oh. it was a great yes. reminder. So the next day we went and that's how I started driving, um, knowing that I have my angel with me. Yes. And so I would sit with my hand on that side, you know, literally. Yes. And and I mean, it sounds insignificant to someone who hasn't gone through that experience. But when you're afraid and you can't talk and tell people, mm. then it's nice to know that there are people you, whom you don't have to say anything. And to. you know, your granny is like your shadow. Oh, my God. There she is. We just had this conversation this morning. I was like, like, you're always She just wants to be acknowledged. She says, the angel's there, but please, I'm there too. (laughs) Give me some acknowledgement. I do. Oh, my, I do. Do you know, we actually, I was actually talking to her this morning during my meditation or just afterwards. And I was like, you know, I had a process and she was there and I was like, but you're always there. Yes. Isn't that amazing that she's always there? So, Belinda... 
what, how do they assist us on this journey? I mean, um, Shemaine had a very tangible yes. uh, example, yeah, of how they assist. But, but you know, for people, mad. for people, oh, honey, you know, I love you. You're not <laughs> mad. But for people who are so a good. little, little less, um, open to it, how do the angels assist us? You know, like she said, it's very much subtle. And do you have to ask them for help? Yes, mm. because they can't influence your free will. So the thing is, as soon as you've got like uh, anxiety or something you're stressed about, you're looking for help from somewhere anyway. Mm. So mm. you're acknowledging you need help. So then they can pop in mm. in one way or another. And the most important thing to remember is, you know, people think, okay, angels are here to save us. So people will ask me, why didn't they save me in that car accident? Or why didn't they help so that that didn't happen? Or my heart attack? Are they here to save us though? No, they are here to guide you to experience a fulfilling life, to live your fullest potential that you chose as a soul to come and experience, to not get lost in the fears and the stuckness of life. So there's the guidance, but you need to be open to and willing to seed and to trust it when you receive it. And, you know, the guidance, for example, the situation that we are in, where uh, my husband was retrenched two years ago, People ask me, but what does the angel say? Why are mm. you still in it? Why, Why isn't it changing? It? Yes. Yeah. And I'm like, but this is my journey. Yeah. I know this is a, an important part of our journey. And I am guided daily how to handle it. It's teaching me so much about myself and how mm. to experience peace within any situation. And it's amazing. And people don't understand that. They want mm. me to freak out because, you know, you you have to have the answers. But it's not always mm. about the answers. The angels always tell me that if you don't receive the answers, you are asking the wrong questions. Mm. So it's about changing the questions and your definition of things. And it's about reframing the way you look at life. Because exactly. you are obviously looking at the lessons you are learning in, yes. in that day-to-day experience rather than fixing a yes. problem. Mm. Yes. Um, and I mean, even the problem is a judgment. It's a word. Yes. If you start looking at it differently and not claiming or defining it as a problem, even that shifts your view of life. And mm. isn't there much more joy and peace in just Shifting the way it used to be And we are here now To rewrite the frequency of earth Mm. To go into that (laughs) And we are doing it by our daily choices And experiences By Mm -hmm. choosing joy for the self Compassion, love for the self and others Kindness all of that. Yeah. You know, Belinda, when you, when you spoke about this earlier, I was thinking this seed of truth is in every single religion, yes. but we all miss it. Yes. We, especially us women, we are trained from the day our eyes open that mm. we have to serve and always put ourselves last. The Bible says, love thy neighbor as you love yourself. So it yes. does. It starts with the self and it is about our journey firstly yes and then about the people around us and you know us as women grew up with the thing that a man has to make you happy mm. find somebody find a partner in mm. life that makes or you happy to look after or, you. Or, or happiness yes. has to come from an external, external source yes. 
And that was my belief system that I had to break down, mm. that I'm responsible for my own happiness, my own emotions, taking control of my own experience and changing it for myself. Mm -hmm. And we are not here to teach others to do it, but just to be an example of it mm -hmm. so that others can also tune into that energy. But here's the thing, though. We are still stuck in a frame of mind where we're ashamed of our our hard journeys, our suffering, our breakdowns, yes. you know, we go like, how can I tell them that I am that fragile or that I went through that? So that shame sits with you and you don't want to tell the story of, yes. and I think it is, it's, it's a terrible thing that you sit with a story and you know how you can come out of it or you've experienced it and you let someone sit in the dark because you are so exactly. bogged down by what other people think uh, about you and about your judgment. So pain is a necessary thing. And I think we are, we, we go through that for our own experiences, mm -hmm. but we, we, I th I'm almost sure when I say this, it's our duty to share it so that we can learn from one another and destigmatize yes. our experiences. You know, since the start of this year, Archangel Michael came to me and he said to me, the question for this year is what will I do to save myself? Mm. That's a positive selfishness. Wow. But it also means by experiencing your own pain, by telling people about it, by allowing support, we are becoming stronger in that feminine energy. Mm. Because the feminine, the strong feminine is able to say, I have a heartache. Mm. I'm bleeding. I'm sore. But it's not about... Weakness or becoming the victim, but being that example of standing up out of that and showing your strength and giving that to the world. Mm. It's a great gift to show others that they may be vulnerable. They and, are allowed to. And, and to show them it's fine because it, it's not forever. You come and out of it. And it's not terminal. And it's not terminal. <laughs> you know, because the, the, what it does is, and this sounds scary, but, uh, um, being pressured and hurt and it breaks you. It kind of like you, you, yes. there's seepages <laughs> mm, mm. into and out of you. So the experience just becomes your life experience just becomes more intense, but, um, in every way also more beautiful. Yes. Doesn't it? Yes. Haven't you found that? Hmm. There are so many metaphors for that exact thing hmm. you're saying, Shemaine. I mean, um, recently I saw on Facebook this image of a bowl that had shattered hmm. and they stuck it back together. But in the cracks, now I'm a Virgo, I do not like cracks, okay? <laughs> but in the cracks, they, they cemented it with pure gold. And that in itself then becomes a thing of beauty. Yeah, and imagine, you know, the energies of where we are now is to be broken apart and not even just to then put it back together in a shape that you want, but to create something new from scratch, <laughs> from your own yeah. essence, mm -hmm. to really not do it in the old way or the way that it's always been done. But we are really rewriting and creating something new. And this is why we don't have the answers now mm. or know where we are going. It's a daily in the moment journey. Lee, I also want to ask Belinda about the animals that you've got because you also have wolves. And yes. like I said in the beginning, you kind of like in tune with animals. Yes. What 
do they teach us? What is it that they that we can learn from from them as humans? Yes, and this is the big thing where I said before that you know we're all humans, but we're actually all souls, mm -hmm. and this is where the animals also come in. Where we're all equal, we're all souls. We're all here for an experience. To me, these souls are very different than ours. They don't get stuck in um, stress and fear. They live in the moment completely. All that love and compassion and everything in one moment. So the journey that I've been on with animals is really about the deeper message, about existing, about compassion, about, you know, Look at even the rhinos, the mm. situation with the rhinos that, that's playing out. What's the deeper message there for humanity is to go back to compassion. Mm. If you want to conserve this world, if you want to take this world into a newer, higher plane, you need to go back to compassion. You need to go deeper in seeing that there's a soul in every living thing. Belinda, you draw angels. Do some angels look? Have animal shapes? You know, actually angels don't have shape because actually they, because they're not part of our 3D world. They show us themselves in a way to us that would make sense to us. Mm -hmm. mm. They can't show themselves in a way that would freak us out. Mm. Mm. So, mm. you know, they always say to me that they use what is most familiar to us. Mm. So if you used to think that angels have wings, that's probably how they would appear so that you would be able to define that energy. Mm. Interesting. Okay. I'm still on the animal thing. I'm yes. trying to steer it away from the animal thing, but I'll give you I one know, more. I know. No, no, no. <laughs> I really, um, because it's, 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 it's something that we can learn from. Yes. We always think that we, we have this whole thing of, I am the boss of the animal, but I also believe that we can learn so much more, um, in terms of, of, of that. I want to know when animals are in distress, how do they behave? Um, um, in, in terms of, um, heart, Heart-wise, because you were saying they move in the moment in mm. in love and, and mm. joy and, and all that. But mm. but they also, we stress them out to point of, mm. I mean, you, you know horrific. what people do with animals. Yes. Mm. What happens in that moment for for animals? Could you find out? You know, the, the best way of describing it, what I've heard um, Wayne Dyer said once, is that when Jesus was squeezed, all that came out was love. Like when you squeeze uh, an orange, all that comes out is orange juice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what do, what comes out when we are squeezed? And you know what comes out when animals squeezed? Mm -hmm. Just love. So even in, in fear and in pain, there's no judgment. Mm. But the biggest thing why animals appear in our lives is as teachers. Mm -hmm. Because like you say, we are the boss of the animal kingdom, but a, being a boss of others comes with great responsibility. Mm. And this is what they are here to teach us, that it's not about bossing or using. It's about how responsible am I for this earth, mm. for the animals, for, for nature. Mm. Go ahead, Lisa. Are you happy now? Well, never happy. The, the, pro <laughs> the problem with, with a, a guest like you, Belinda, who is so well-versed in so many different modalities is that, you know, it's so easy to go off track. And uh, <laughs> that's why, Shemaine, I'm sorry, I will be the bossy one today and keep us what on track. What do you mean off track? Be 
I love animals, yes. but I don't think I am close to where she is. Yes. I mean, Shemaine, just you give her half, half, a, half a finger, and she'll go on that animal track because she just loves them so much. So I'm, I'm sorry, Good. friend. Are you hearing her? Did, did I not say long ago? It's fine. <laughs> Isn't that's a classic thing of of female guilt that you just ex- displayed? It's like we need to make sure that you're fine. Are you really fine? Yes, I'm really. Are you sure you're fine? Yes, I'm really fine. I'm really fine. But that's also motherhood, hey? I know. That's also compassion. I know. No, we were we were really taught to take care of others more than ourselves. But I think there's also there's there's some good there too. That you know, you you mentioned positive selfishness, and I love that because selfishness can so easily become. Narcissistic, and we are seeing yeah. as 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 much as we are seeing a swing towards looking after others, about taking responsibility for the earth. Mm. We are seeing the swing towards narcissism and not taking responsibility for mm. anyone else mm. but myself. Mm. So, if I can be an example of that, <laughs> I shall. So, shall, no, shall you we know the key word on earth is balance. We are living in this world of opposites. So even that, and that's why the positive selfishness is where you take care of yourself and realize it doesn't hurt anybody else. Mm. So there's a difference between being selfish, which is, you know, we're so scared of the S words. Mm. It's, a, it's a sin to be selfish. But if you can finally see, and that's difficult for women to see that I can be a bit selfish and it doesn't hurt anybody and else. Fine. I yes. read a quote the other day that said, um, it's not about, um, uh, people taking something away from you. It's about them looking after themselves. So, so basically yes. it's kind of like in a nutshell. It's not so when, you know, cause we always think it's like, no, you don't, you know, you, you're taking, you're taking, you're taking from me. And, and it's really just like, but it's not because I have something against you. It's just my sense of we're living. What's we're living. survival? My sense of survival yeah. takes precedence. Yes. So shall we move on to yes, the angel sorry. <laughs> So how did you meet the angel of death? How did you distinguish between that energy? Because it has to be quite completely different energy yes. than to, let's say, the archangel Michael, which you mentioned earlier. You know, there's a part of me, um, I studied engineering, and there's a part of me that's still... Uh, Needs proof of something. So like I said, I'm not gullible. And, um, yet you work with angels. You yet I trust. This, yet right? I trust. <laughs> so the thing is, before the angels really appeared to me, they weren't really part of my frame of reference. And I didn't really believe in the angel of death because there's this negative association with him. So to me, when people also ask me, 
aren't you busy with the wrong angels? I'm like, wrong angels, really? Mm-hmm. To me, all angels are loving and pure. So my first experience with the angel of death was uh, my husband was working away in Zimbabwe for a week. And I was woken in the middle of the night and something or somebody said to me to check on my son, on my child. His name is Luke. And I think he was about two years old by then. And he had a fever of 43. I was all alone. All I could think of is just sponge him off, (laughs) you know. And I just sat there sponging him when I realized that in the corner there was an energy, an entity sitting looking at me. But he didn't make me feel scared. Um, it looked sort of dark, but he had this calm, gentle, loving energy about him. And I knew who he was in an instant. And the movie City of Angels popped into my head where the angel of death comes to collect the child. And he asked the girl, what is your favorite thing about earth? And she says, pajamas. And I thought my son would say Lego. Mm. And in that moment, I knew it would be fine if he went. It, I just saw the perfect harmony of he had the choice whether he wanted to go with this angel or not. And I just ke- kept sponging him off. And after a while, I don't know how long, I just realized the angel was gone and mm-hmm. my son was fine. Sure. So from there, the angel of death kept popping in and out of my life. And he used to come in, especially, you know, we go through death processes in our life quite often, death and rebirth. And every time that I had to go through a death process to let go of something or be stripped from something or, you know, I feel that to say being stripped is sort of wrong. It's not done to us, but it's a letting go mm. of becoming more of the essence of yourself. So every time that would happen in my life because of circumstances or experiences, he would be there to guide me through it. And because I've done mediumship for 15 years, what I've noticed was that a lot of that experiences with the loved ones on the other side, there was lots of information that was the same for everybody. Mm. And when I, when I give mediumship uh, messages, it is more about the soul contracts, why that person had to go, what does it mean for the person staying behind, how they still guide that person and so my clients used to ask me the same questions and the thought was in the back of my mind I need to write this down I need to write this down but life happens and you go on and you learn more and you experience more and then three years ago my dad passed over and that was sort of I need to do this now especially because my mom said she can't find the answers so I decided to write the book for my mom and the end of death guided me, I would go and make coffee and he would tell me, you need to put that in, you need to do that. And I would make notes as I walk. (laughs) And um, so that guided me to, you know, we need to first believe that our souls are endless Mm -hmm. to not fear death. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you can only believe that if you trust there's something on the other side. How though? Because, you know, you know, we have that block as much as we want to. Most of us, I mean, if there's 1% who goes like, I have gone through and I have seen and I am back, so I'm fine with it. But most of us don't have that. Or we don't have the trust. Mm -hmm. Because there's moments of it even in your life, in a beautiful sunset, or 
during a prayer or in a um, singing with a crowd or in a meditation. We have those little experiences, but we don't trust it. Mm. And a man asked me the other day, he looked at my books at a book fair and he said, but do you have proof? I said, I only have my own experiences with the people on the other side, but that's only proof for me. Mm. You need to decide for yourself. Mm. Did your son see the angel of death? Or was it just you? He was he was still too young, I think, to communicate it. Um, my kids are very shy. Uh-huh. They used to tell me things like they would see one of our cats at school that has passed over, <laughs> or you know, my grand, oh my, uh, my dad when he was passed over. Also, the way you described the 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 angel of death almost made him her it sound like. A change agent. Is that, is yes. that the kind of energy that we are talking yes. about? Yes. And you know, the feeling I got after writing the book was that people need to be inspired to have a better, more peaceful death. Because if you fear death your whole life, you mm. don't have a good life. If you fear losing other people or things, you don't experience the essence of life. And the only way to have a better death experience is to have peace about your life. Mm -hmm. So I feel that he's guided me to help more people to understand that you can have a good death experience in order to pass into a higher plane of existence so that more of us can actually evolve and yeah, let's leave this lower energies from earth behind as we grow. Now you say having a good death experience. There are some people who suffer terribly yes. just before dying. Yes. How can, how can that be a good experience? Or, you know, and, and if they go, you leave loved ones who possibly saw that and they hurt and they yes. wonder, they have questions. So they Lots. don't make peace with that. Mm. So can we start with the fact that how do you how do you say it could be a good experience for you if you die in you know like a you really You know in order way? to die peacefully you need to feel that your life was fulfilled. That you don't have to stay to still take care of your kids mm. or that things are unresolved. Um, you'll read in my book a story about a lady who didn't want to pass over because she was scared of seeing her dad on the other side who oh. abused her as a child. Ooh. So there's so many different reasons. And this lady, she had stomach cancer. She wasn't able to walk anymore. But after three months on her bed, she was so scared of dying that she started walking down the hallways in the hospital. So, you know... The mind can take over so much. And the scary thing is that the body might die before the mind makes peace and you go into that in-between space where you don't mm. want to admit that you're dead. Oh, my goodness. And then, you know, it's still your free will to move over. So I work a lot with with souls in that space to help them through the dying process and to help them to see that the angels and the loved ones are there to collect them. The beautiful thing why I admire my dad's passing is that he passed in his sleep. And moments after when I arrived and he was lying on the bed and we were sitting on the bed with him, his soul came to me and he said, please tell mom I'm sorry. He said that he fell asleep in his mom's arms. Aww. She held him and he, he couldn't wake up with us anymore. <laughs> 
And to me, that that is so beautiful. Who wouldn't want to go like that? Mm. Wow. But but what about? Let's use the woman who has a young child who yes. remains behind. It's 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 the story of both our lives. Yes. How do you have a good death when you know you are leaving someone vulnerable behind? Yes. yes. I address that in my book as well because in the end you have to look at what emotions is behind that. If you will never trust another woman in your space. Or if you don't trust life to take care of your children or to facilitate a mother energy for your children, that's your fears. Mm. And so that's also fears that needs to be confronted that makes us scared of death. Mm. Because we all want to believe that we are unique and nobody can take your place. Yeah. But in the end. And it's true though. It is. It is true to a, to a measure, but it doesn't mean nobody can take, can do good work either. Exactly. But, uh, you know, I mean, and I you mean, know, the, the soul contracts are very important mm. because I believe that children choose the parents and the soul contracts as to when that, ch- uh, that parent will pass or what experiences the child will have in that situation. It's all the things that that child's soul chose to come and experience to have a certain life experience or unfoldment in themselves. Mm. So we can't judge that because in a way that's also the taking responsibility for, but I chose this as a soul somewhere. I chose this. This wasn't done to me. We had someone recently who said we don't have victims here. We only have volunteers. And I have to Mm. say that is something that's sticking with me Mm. the entire week. And I've said it to my kids more times than they would have preferred. I'm sure they they want to hit me by now. You know, I've I've got a client that's actually, um, she believes she's not supposed to be here. And when I took her into a... Uh, past life re- regression, she went into a life between lives regression on her own oh. and saw the in-between space where she chose to come or she admitted to saying, oh, yeah, let's go right. kind of thing. <laughs> what about if you don't like being here? Well, who does? <laughs> I do. <laughs> okay. I like being but here. You like being here. Somehow we all had to get there no, to I like being here. I make it work. If, yes. I, if I had a choice, I'd be like, I'm out, but I have stuff to do. Well, I have to. So. <laughs> there are days. I mean, I remember as a youngster, I wanted to get off this bus every yes. second day. So we had I to. Love it, yeah. We had to adjust. But, I mean, you have to come into that space where you can deal and be at peace and resilient mm. within whatever happens in life. And it's only when you find that strength within yourself to know that you can deal with anything that you start enjoying it. Mm -hmm. And that's why we have to confront these fears Mm -hmm. because otherwise we miss out on life. And you will never enjoy it while you've got the fears. Belinda, your book is obviously aimed at the living because the people who have already died know what it's about. They're there. They're not phased by all this nonsense here. So how come it is so difficult for us who remain behind to let our dearly departed just go and continue their journey? You know, it's not about them. It's about us. Mm -hmm. We're scared to be without them because that's your own death process. When they pass, you start a new life and you have to find a new definition for who you are 
within that frame of existence without that person. Mm. And a lot of people don't want to go there or they can't face up to it. Also, our, our insecurities, we go like, I've never done it without them. How am I going to do it alone? Um, or I don't want to do it alone. Yes. Often it's like, you know, because yes. I believe it's the process of moving forward or moving ahead or moving sideways. That, that effort, you know, you've, you've got to put some thought into it. And, you know, even that is part of the soul contract. Because the greater you fear being without somebody, when they do pass, that's the beauty of the soul contract, that they facilitate for you to see that you can do it on your own. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the, the, the death and rebirth narrative earlier. Won't you just um, elaborate a bit on that and explain for people who don't know what you're talking about? Do you mean on earth? Yes. Death process. Change cycle, yes. Yes. You know, I believe that we are on earth purely for ourselves, purely for going deeper into your own being, exploring who you are, exploring who your soul is, what mm. your potential is to create, to live, to experience. And we constantly have to go through death processes to let go of fear or old belief systems that hold you back. But there as well, it's a choice. I mean, the angels can come and guide you, but if you don't listen, that's your choice. But also those kinds of small deaths, we don't always put the labels on them that we put to, you know, actual death. Because a a death in that sense can be a woman who gets married. Her Mm. identity as a single woman dies. Exactly. But she doesn't see it like that. She's excited about that. Now, how do we become... I I hesitate to say excited about death, but but that's where I'm aiming for. Yes, because you know, our fear. you you actually need to focus on the rebirth and being excited about a new chapter or a new book in your life. And I usually use that analogy because you know when the old characters die of the old book, uh-huh. your main character also has to die. You need to write that person off and you need to decide who am I going to write as me, as the main character of this new book. And what a lot of people don't understand is that you have a choice. They think that they don't have a choice as to who that main character is. They just need to carry on and deal with life as it is. But if you can see that you create with the creator and with the energies on earth, There you can get excited as to see what can I gain from this situation. I mean, any situation where you are without work or losing a loved one or whatever, Mm. it's actually, it's a new territory. So you can actually say this, this is a desert. I'm going to die. You're going to say, okay, this is the open desert. What can I build? Mm -mm. Wow. So I'm just uh, sitting here and I'm going like, Death has suddenly um, expanded for me or um, it's opened up for me. Also because of the way you, 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 you use the words, you know, um, yes. in the sense that you, you made death other than just somebody's physical form. It became a moment, a situation, you know, yes. a, a, a passing uh, among other things. And that for me is kind of like, okay, and then the whole thing of a marriage, you know. Yes. In, in, so That's a big so, death process when a marriage dies. So 
Oh, I was, t- that also, oh, yes, I know about that one. So, um, the divorce thing, that, that yes. is really soul destroying. Um, and I mean, we do it easily now, but, um, it's still, I think it, it is one of the things that's close to, to an actual physical, um, yes. death. But I was talking about Liesl saying, you know, the minute the person moves into a marriage, mm. it, she's no longer, or he, is no longer mm-hmm. single. So it just opened death for me and it, it just reinforced in my mind the fact that it is really a constant. It is a constant and we, it is. we don't know it. And so, so, so therefore we, we, we remain afraid of it, you yes. know, because of the changes that it brings. And you know, you there know? I also want to bring in the animals mm. because they're great teachers to us about death and the cycle of death. Mm. That's why, you know, we, with animals you can see, but death happens, you know, and I believe that our animals do come back to us as well in new bodies and reincarnate because I've had a cat for, he's been in my life as five incarnations already. Wow. But the thing is, if we can see those soul level experiences and trust that there's no end, then you won't even fear the ends that you have to experience on earth. Hmm. But it's managing that fear. It is the yes. the thought constructs we have ahead of time. Yes. We are sitting here. I mean, I've done it thinking, okay, when I die, because we all know we're going to die, I would like to not have a painful death. And then, then you, 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 you fear this pain yes. that, that, that would be unbearable. And And someone once likened it. To giving birth Now a woman who's pregnant um, Don't ask her about how she's going to give birth Because she is scared of that process Exactly But the moment you are in that process You are managing it You just do it And and it's irreversible And so is death But how do we manage that fear ahead of time Do you have tools for us to to stop this This you know, I wish that before I gave birth that I knew about meditation <laughs> and relaxation and breathing, mm. you know. So this is the difference. You need to take responsibility. You need to see what do I have in place to manage my fears? What do I have in place to manage my anxiety? And this is the taking responsibility of the whole being, Um Exercising to relax or, you know, like I say, meditating or mm. doing things that make you laugh, going out with friends or swimming in the evening that helps you to relax or just get things in place to manage the fears that you do experience as a humanoid. Mm. First, it's the second time I heard that word today, a humanoid. I don't know why it came out. It just came out. <laughs> <laughs> and and it, it had something to do with um, one of the inventors of the access consciousness. And he was talking about humanoids, um, yes. you know, and he was basically in, in essence, it, it was people who had uh, created um that that sense of knowingness that there's more to life than just what we were traditionally told, and amongst yes. them he he counted people with OCD, autism, um, you know, and and he said it's a it's a higher level of human um, that yes. just we we we're not there we can't understand them yet, but they were invo- in in that same enlightened <laughs> group. Yes. I don't know how else to put but it. But you know but what I believe like, is that we. Our children is wise, are wiser than us. Mm. 
And when we come back, we'll be wiser than them. We all come back more enlightened into a world that's Mm. more enlightened. And, you know, yes, there's a lot of negatives and a lot of anger coming up at this stage in where we are trying to go into this compassion and love. And then we see all the hurt and the anger and the judgment still. But, you know, there's a space for it. If if we aren't shown that, we Uh. can't stand stronger up in in the light, in the compassion. Uh, there's so, such a perfect balance. I think that the ADHD and things has always been there. It's just now they've given it a name. How do you close up so that you don't feel everything? Everything of the world. Mm-hmm. When it yes, gets someone too much. like you must obviously be overwhelmed at times. Because Poor there husband, is, there is so much. Oh, you're shame. <laughs> <laughs> he does have a tough time. For me, he's part of my sanity. He has a way of calming me down, of saying, don't go into the fears and things like that. Because, you know, I don't watch news. So I hardly ever know about what's going on in America or the bomb attacks or whatever. So I might stand up or get up in the morning feeling scared. Mm. Friday was a day like that where I felt like it's the end of the world, but not in a bad like way, just like it's the end now. Uh-huh. And... But to realize that you might be tuning into the consciousness and into what others are feeling around the world. Because in the end, yes, we're individuals, but we're all intertwined in this web of life. Mm. So what I do is I go deeper into the web of life. I go deeper into experiencing others. The more I feel I need compassion, the more I try to give compassion. Mm. The more I feel I need support, the more I give support. Mm-hmm. And... I go and sit and I talk to my angels or to my dad because that's the only way that I feel that I can get away of the illusions of fear. Mm-hmm. Sure. You, you wrote, you wrote this book of yours in the shadow of the angel of death. You said for your mother, which lessons in there could she take to heart that made it easier for her? You know, for my mum, I think just the knowing that my dad is in a space where he's happy um, and that we could start talking openly about it as well. The one time she, she said to me, she just wants to know that he's okay. Mm. And at that moment, my dad used to love dogs. He had Alsatians when he was younger. And at that moment, I saw him playing with dogs. I'm getting goosebumps as I'm saying it. And... She said, but she had a dream just the other night that he was walking out into the garden and all of a sudden there was just dogs all over and he started playing with the dogs. So it's that sort of confirmation that every time she goes in her fears, I mean, my mom and dad loved each other very much. It's very difficult for her to be alone. So there are people who are probably listening who have people who are on the brink of staying or going. Yes. Um, what would you tell them to make the process easier, um, you know, in terms of what they're seeing? Most important is to take responsibility for yourself. Don't try and keep the person here. Mm-hmm. Don't pray for them to heal when their soul is ready to go. I know, I have hey? to say, yeah, that is something that bothers me, especially if the body is so broken. Yes. And we pray that they must stay, and I'm thinking... Yes. I wouldn't want to stay in that mm-hmm. body. That is the worst. That's why 
you know, they in the end are okay. I always just pray that they are surrounded by the love and peace of the creator of creation and that the right thing happens for them in their passing. Mm -hmm. But the people you really need to work with is the loved ones because they need to let go. You know, I've also had an experience which I wrote about in my book, which was very new to me, was that a body can actually already pass and this, no, the soul pass and move and on and the body still stays on a machine or whatever or just not take the last breath because the loved ones haven't done their innings off. Mm. And the body sort of facilitates that, that the loved ones can't stand to see that person like that anymore and just says, I allow you to go. I have freedom or oh, have freedom. I have peace with you going. So it's a lot about the processes that needs to happen. Every situation is unique. What about people who keep blaming God because somebody died? Because, I mean, we go like, you're not supposed to die. I don't know who wants to live to be a thousand years. <laughs> but we go like, how could God let that happen? They were so young. They were so vibrant. They had their whole lives ahead of them. Mm. They had so much to give, you know. Yes. Rah, 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 rah. Yes. So we blame God for, for death. You know, that's also not taking responsibility or honoring that soul for their journey. Mm. Because all souls choose where they come and where they go. And that's why in the sessions that I do, I connect with that soul to explain to that person why it had to happen at that stage or at that moment. And, you know, the blame game is a human thing. Mm. So we need to blame somebody else so that we don't blame ourselves. Mm. And then we blame ourselves just because there's nobody else to blame. Mm. But, you know, we need to honor that soul. If they chose to only come for a short, short while, and that usually happens with souls that commit suicide, they are usually these beautiful, pure souls that just come for a short while to give a gift to people. And the, the death and the death process is part of the greatest gift to shift the soul group and to shift people's experiences or belief systems within the soul group. That is a new way I'm seeing of seeing mm. it because you know how many people out there sit with that whole thing of my child committed suicide, my so and so committed suicide, and it's such a condemned thing. Yes, yes. you know, it's and now you are guilty. Yes. I should have done this, that, and the other. You know, so, each soul has a choice, and I don't say this just because I decided to say it. I say it because for 15 years. Of experience of communicating with souls that have taken their own lives, they all come through as this beautiful, amazing souls that are so angelic that they don't have to incarnate anymore. Mm. They just come to give a gift. Oh, and I just say that because that was my experience. Mm. The angel of death has a very bad reputation. Yes. Does he, she, it have Compassion and love. Please, please yes. do, do some, do some reputation yes. management here for us. Yes. This is what the book is about as well. You know, because for me, the angel of death, like I said, that first moment, I'm going to call him him because that's the way I experienced <laughs> him. Um, that first moment was just that overflowing compassion and love that I experienced. And you know, because the angels do understand the difficulty we have in these transformations that we go through. You can imagine that we need an angel of death 
that has the most compassion and love and gentleness. And unfortunately, this grim, uh, grim, reaper. grim reaper thing, you know, it's because we, that's our perceptions. We have a darkness that we experience with death. My mm. mom said to me, before my dad passed, something dark passed over her towards my dad. And she was very scared of it. But she said to me a week later, when she thought she heard my dad calling in the bedroom, she went there. And this dark energy passed, went past her again, but she said she felt such calm and peace. So, you know, I think the darkness is, again, it's the perception. That's why I say we experience angels according to our perception of them. A shadow. But we, we need to really get New interpretations and new definitions. In the Shadow of the Angel of Death is published by Kima Global Publishers. And um, they can get it on the web- website if they, they... Yes, and they can order it from me if they want a signed copy with a little angel message inside. Aww. That's perfect. Belinda, thank you so much for being here today. And I think the Angel of Death owes you a debt of gratitude for, for being such a good PR agent. <laughs> from me, Liesl Tom... Take care of yourself. Belinda, it was great talking to you. Thank, Thank you for you. being here as well from me. Shumaine Harris, now you be good to yourself wherever you are and hope you enjoyed this podcast. This is CliffCentral.com.